Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's RBC Heritage. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Hello, Sia. It's funny because if you recall from the DFS show, Rick, I... I named our, I renamed our podcast to the Ben Martin podcast. And it's just the reason that's funny is because in one of my lineups that's doing okay, I need Ben Martin to make the cut. So it'd be really funny if he missed the cut after me calling it the Ben Martin podcast. Well, did you see what he did on Thursday? Well, yeah, yeah. Gave, gave five back on the last three holes. Yeah. 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 He was basically in the lead. He got to five under through his first nine and then finished double, double bogey to give back five shots in three holes, which was less than ideal, as they say. <laughs> nice bounce back. He's having a decent day today. Yeah, I mean, outside of those three holes, he's played great. So uh, we'll see how the rest of it goes. Uh, the big wave advantage on Friday, see, before we even go through this leaderboard, the morning wave got by far the best of it, about a shot and a half better than the afternoon wave. So if you were looking for some guys to make a move, they likely did it this morning. Yeah, and it's just one of those things with weather where it just can get so unpredictable. I think we started to see as we were getting closer to Thursday that there might be that advantage. But even even the people who are really big on the weather advantage, they were kind of doing like a, a 30%, 30%, 40% thing where in DFS, for example, they, they really weren't sure which way to go. But yeah, you're right. There's certainly the conditions this morning in particular um, pristine. Well, the leader... As everyone anticipated, is Jimmy Walker, uh, who followed up his Thursday 65 with a Friday 65. He is three shots clear of the pack. And this is pretty interesting, see, considering the fact that Jimmy Walker's last top 20 finish anywhere in the world was the 2021 3M Open. He finished T11. He has missed more cuts than he has made since then and it has generally been a lot of sour play except for these last two days for jimmy yeah and so that's the thing with the rbc heritage even with an elevated field i think you know after round one where we saw aaron rye pop among others uh, including jimmy walker i think what we're going to see is if jimmy walker was in this field doing as well as he was doing right now i think you could consider hey man maybe this guy ends up in the top five but what we're going to see because if you see who's lurking right 
And we'll get to that, of course. But it's not just Scotty. Justin Rose is up there. Xander is up there. Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Cantley, Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth. Like, this is going to be a leaderboard that's going to slowly filter out some of the Jimmy Walkers and, let's say, the Mark Hubbards of the world. And we are going to see tomorrow afternoon an elite top 10 and going into Sunday for sure. Oddsmakers not necessarily giving Jimmy Walker a lot of run in that market. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But you mentioned it, three shots clear of the rest of the field, and there are some boys trying to chase down Jimmy Walker. Scotty Scheffler goes 68-65. He's in at 9-under. Justin Rose, 67-66. He's in at 9-under. And Xander Shoffley, 67-66. All three of those guys in at 9-under, and they are no strangers to winning golf tournaments. Yeah. And they're playing really well. I mean, this is just, I, I, I'm so, so this is so, so good that we're going to finish the round, right? I am so looking forward to going into Saturday with, with, I understand it, like the masters was last week, but I think we're going to be reinvigorated tomorrow because those names that you mentioned among others are going to be there. And we're going to start to see like what we kind of saw at the masters, which was a, a lot of really talented guys duking it out for a very, very big pot of gold at the end of the Sunday rainbow. Scotty Scheffler is near the top of the leaderboard. That's one check mark for the big boys at the top. And if you look for the round of the day, that was John Rahm, the number one player in the world, our brandly, brand newly crowned Masters champion, shot a seven under 64 to move up 74 spots on the leaderboard. He has six shots off the lead. He has three shots off the real lead and he's currently in a tie for 18. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the ball striking and I know this isn't official cause we still have guys on the course, but I'm looking at your live leaderboard Rick on RRG and everything was good. I mean, the ball striking, of course, it was the approach play that was really, really good. And, and that's not a surprise, you know, so far I say so far, cause we haven't finished the round, but he was third on approach on the day with, with Pat and Kazai of all people and Christian Bezaden who uh, on top of him, but it was the putter as well, gaining over two and a half shots. Again, that's not an official score, but it's going to be pretty darn close. Two and a half shots with the putter. Uh, everything seems to be clicking. So for, for, for those of you that thought there was going to be a hangover, and by the way, I was kind of one of them. I didn't really have a take one way or the other, but I, I didn't really play him in DFS. I certainly didn't bet him in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, he's, he's here to stay uh, Saturday and Sunday. If Jimmy Walker looks uh, in the immediate rear view, he gets Scotty Shuffler, Justin Rose, Xander Shoffley. If he looks a little bit further back, one shot behind those guys, he gets Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland. If he looks a little bit further than that, he gets <laughs> Matt Kuchar, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth. I, I mean, this is, well, I, this is shaping up to be something pretty special, I think, over the final 36 holes. If, if Jimmy could elongate the next, I don't know, like 10 hours or 12 hours as much as he possibly can just to bask in this first place with this type of field, I mean, no offense to him, it's going away real, real quick because, again, this is it's just so interesting because we're only a few days removed from the Masters and you just named a ton of amazing players that are going to be battling out again for the RBC heritage crown. I just, I, I, I almost, you almost feel bad a little bit for Jimmy. I think he knows what's coming, but there's so many guys here that are just simply going to fall. The talent is, is there's just too much at the top. Patrick Cantley had an all-time tweet today after an all-time shot. So he made an ace during his round. It came on, let me see if I can find it real quick. So he shot a 65. It came on number seven. That is uh, the 200-yard par three. So he makes he makes an ace there in, in route to a, a six under 65. Tweets out the highlight and says, 
playing faster, exclamation point. So Sia, uh, very self-aware, a little self-deprecating, great, great little tweet nugget from Patrick. <laughs> so what's really interesting about that is you never know, especially with guys like Patrick Cantley. I mean, I think, you know, it would have been really hard for him to have not noticed all, like it wasn't just Twitter, I'm sure, you know, there was just everywhere was talking about Patrick Cantley's slow play Sunday at the Masters, or you know, slow play in general, of course. But I thought it was really cool of him to basically tell everybody, yeah, like I, I, I'm hearing all of this too. And, and now I'm just going to fire back in a fun sort of self-deprecating way. I thought that was really cool. And by the way, his ball striking was just so good off the tee approach, you know, best in the field. If you, if you add it all up together with the ball striking and the putter was good too, he lost a little bit around the green in round two, but he is humming like every, everything we thought going into this tournament, like this sets up really well for Patrick Cantlay. Well, this is setting up really good for Patrick Cantlay. I was at Home Depot today and I had to buy a tape measure and I almost bought the DeWalt tape measure just because I. <laughs> I Rick, I think I caught the end of that because you broke up a little bit, but the DeWalt didn't tape did not work. It, the, the DeWalt tape, it did not work. Fair enough. No, did not work. Um, okay. A couple of notables, Sia, who are not going to be around for the weekend. Uh, Tom Kim. 7170 that's one under he's on the outside looking in i thought it was uh, he was one of the guys i was most interested in watching this week because of the conversation around he doesn't have the distance as everybody else but he has the accuracy this should be a pretty good golf course for him not to not to be done uh because he will be finished as this round finishes up yeah, Tom Kim was one of those interesting cases. I, I know you discussed it on the first cut, you know, with with uh, the mega preview and whatnot. What we discussed him on Monday as well. He was a guy I was really intrigued by. I wasn't completely sold on him, but I like what I saw from him with the Masters with that kind of elevated group. Um, you know, it's it, I think we're going to have to track Tom Kim for the next few months and see if. You know, he, he listen, he's so young. I mean, he has he has plenty of time to rebound, but this is pretty disappointing, especially when you look at some of these names at the top of the or near the top of the leaderboard that are not the big time names. You would think Tom Kim would have been able to sneak in inside of the cup. You know, I'm just kind of scrolling through the other names that are not going to be around for the weekend. Webb Simpson's on there, but he has not played particularly well. But this is a golf course that he has dominated. So you kind of thought, okay, maybe there was a chance. I'm looking through. I see Billy Horschel's struggles continue. And then I see uh, what I what I uh, – no, it's, I'm not going to assume. This is definitely the biggest name to miss the cut. It's Max Homa, 73-72. Homa played okay at the Masters. Nothing to write home about. He did make the cut. I think he finished 46th or something like that. And now he is gone here. He he will tee it up with Colin Morikawa uh, next week at the Zurich Classic, and then I guess we'll see him at Wells Fargo for the next uh, the next elevated event. But Max will not be around Harbortown this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I seem to recall him having a lot of trouble around the green. I think he lost a lot there, but you know, certainly wasn't good in general. I mean, I'm looking at some other names too that that were kind of popular, not for me, but I, but I know they, that a lot of people mentioned them: Stephen Yeager, Taylor Montgomery, Siwoo Kim. So interesting. I had a lot of people come up to me, Rick, and, and I. So I'm not trying to turn this into a DFS conversation, but it's a betting conversation too, in a sense, because everybody was like, "Man, Siwoo Kim's going to be really popular this week." I, man, I, I did not get that. I, I, I was like completely lost with that with those comments. He misses the cut. Keith Mitchell misses the cut. Um, there's definitely some names on here that I think people were were leaning on a little bit. But I mean, I got to say, a lot of the a lot of the guys that should have made the cut really did make the cut this week. Yeah, Tom Hoagie, uh, Taylor Montgomery, um, Adam Hadwin, 
on the outside looking in. They will not be around for the weekend. Matt McNeely still working through injury. It seems he's gone. He will not play. JJ Spawn will not play. So those are kind of the notables that I think people were interested in. Um, we will discuss the odds board and see if there is a wager to be made on this Friday night. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. See, I mentioned this earlier. Our leader, Jimmy Walker, who is three shots clear of the best players in the world, not getting much respect from our friends over at Caesars Sportsbook. He is nine to one to win this golf tournament. That is the same odds as Victor Hovland, who currently sits four shots off the lead after a Friday 70. The favorite, probably no surprise here, Scotty Scheffler, three shots off the lead is plus 330. Xander Shoffley lurking in the same position, plus 650. Patrick Cantley lay who is one shot behind those guys at seven to one and those are the only five names so it's Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantlay, Walker and Hovland sub 10 to one if you go a little bit further Jordan Spieth is 12 to one John Rahm is 16 to one Matt Kuchar 35 just looking through some notables here yeah, I, these are tough odds to sort of absorb. I think Victor at, at ten to one is is decent. I think he's a decent back bounce. Excuse me, back bounce, bounce back candidate. Uh, he was so lackluster today. You know, listen, that happens to everybody. But I just I was waiting for the moment in the middle of his round for him to like string some putts together and really get some momentum. That entire group had basically zero momentum until the very end of the round. But um, I, I think he is interesting. It's funny you say Jimmy Walker getting no respect. I actually think nine to one is a ton of respect for Jimmy right now. What I mean by that is if you had told me that was like 16 or 18 to one, I would have bought it because Rick, like you said out at the beginning of the show, the trail pack is obnoxiously good. There is no way. This is not a slight on Jimmy Walker. There's no way he can hang on to this lead with all of these guys in the trail position. I had a guy tweet me, Hey, should I, should I um, maybe place a little live bet on Jimmy Walker? And I said, absolutely not. No disrespect to the guy. There's too many goods in this, too many good guys in this particular RBC heritage field. There are a couple of guys, Rick, maybe down the board a little bit that at least have my intrigue because we do have 36 holes left as opposed to just the 18. I'll, I'll start with, Tommy Fleetwood at 18 to one, he's, he's playing good golf. And, and, and while he hadn't really been that great over the last few tournaments, he'd been okay. Um, I, I think we all know what to expect from Tommy Fleetwood when he's on. And this is, certainly seems like a pretty good course fit. The other guy that really impressed me and a guy that you liked on the DFS show on Monday, Rick, that I was a little lukewarm about. Ricky Fowler, 30 to one. He, he, he played well today and he left a little bit on the, on the board. In my opinion, I think Ricky Fowler could have a nice hot round and maybe get himself truly in contention. 30 to one is a palatable number to me. Yeah. Those are interesting. Um, getting Victor now at nine to one after, I mean, he, he one under beat the field average in, in the afternoon, right? Where he was definitely on the worst side of things. He had it, what is hopefully his worst round of the week and he's still in the mix and he's one shot off the quote real lead. I also do not mind. Justin Rose is 12 to 1, and he is in that pack at T2, just three shots back. Um, he's been playing much better golf. He is 
his win was at Pebble Beach, which is like a short positional golf course where you just kind of plot around. That's his game now. He's been much better. And like he's six starts removed from the Vic from a victory or something like that. So I would not mind those two, but I, I think it is going to be, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Sia moving day is going to be shakeup day because this mm-hmm. leaderboard is going to look very different. I believe when we do this podcast 24 hours from now. Yeah, it's going to, I mean, l- listen, a lot of the good names are going to be at the top, but it is going to look a lot different. There's definitely going to be a lot of moving pieces. And, and Victor Hoblin's really good evidence of that. Maybe, you know, caught in the bad wave, had kind of a lackluster round. He could pop tomorrow. And there's a lot of guys in his position that were just, you know, kind of okay today that could absolutely pop tomorrow. Sung J.M. is a guy who I'm trying to remember, he was really poor in one particular department. I'm not sure if it was the putter or not. I'll have to go back and look at that. But there are guys that even that are further down the leaderboard that can make some noise at the top. I love it. All right. Well, we will see how moving day shakes out. And when that final putt drops, you know where we'll be here to discuss everything. Big thanks to producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. And you can find me at Rick Rudgood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.